Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. It's great to to, to be here. Um, the the um, the joy of hearing. I heard a testimony uh, just before uh, the service started. Um, just testimony of salvation of how God just stepped in, just transformed a couple, and just to hear 44 baptisms, and um, in fact, I, I, I nick some of the stories, the good news stories from here when I'm traveling around, you know, and uh, so you've probably, um, if you've just recently come to Christ, or God's done a transforming work in your life, you, you know, I'm telling your story, I don't say your name, because that's a little bit personal, but you know, it's just wonderful to see what God is doing. You know, during this last couple of years, um, we, we've lost some people from the church, um, but I, 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 I've come to discover again uh, that there is a law of continuity within the kingdom of God, and uh, where, where we see others who have gone during the pandemic on comparethemarket.com and uh, <laughs> may have um, <laughs> said this is a time to join the Mormons or whatever, um, God says we'll just replace and we'll just transform more people's lives because uh, throughout uh, my life I've just seen just God just raising up continually army of soldiers upon soldiers, just his people that he's transforming, raising them up, sending them out, raising them up, sending them out and uh, I, just, uh, I just praise God for what he is doing um, in this place and, and through you. Um, but he's done that, not just in these last couple of years, but he's done it through the whole of the Bible story is full of God just coming and um, uh, taking hold of uh, ordinary people. And actually, there's nobody more ordinary than who you're sitting with tonight, is there, really? <laughs> I mean, just take another look. Uh, just out of the cut, don't be rude. Just take... You don't have to stare. Um, <laughs> um, but God taking ordinary people just like you and me. And, um, you know, the, the Bible is full of stories of God doing amazing things through ordinary people like you and, and me. It's, it's truly uh, amazing. And um, just before the service, I met somebody that I've never, I haven't met for 30 years. Well, I think that's quite a big thing. <laughs> I mean, you're just responding like that. Well, that's, that's no news. Um, so can we try that again? Because I feel, feel very disturbed by a lack of response there. I, um, I mean, there was more response from the people sitting in the lounge at their home than there was from here in the building. I could hear their response. Um, but I, I met someone I haven't met, I haven't met for 30 years, but I met them here in... Yeah. Fake, fake response. Fake response. Judy um, was, was, was a Bible student with me 30 years. I, I know it's incredible to think because with me being only 45, that it's, 
Did I go to Bible college early? Yes, I did. I was fast-tracked as a very youngster. I was a prodigy. Uh, that's why. Um, but yeah, we, we sat together for three years in Bible college. She was always more, she knew the Bible more uh, than I did. Uh, I kind of like messed around a little bit, but just lovely to see you again uh, this evening. And I, 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 you know, when I, when I just, when you came up to me then, I was just thinking back on my 30 years and um, if you think you're going to stumble into your destiny of God, it's never going to happen for you. If you, we don't just, we don't. It just doesn't just happen. God doesn't just mm, use you. It takes you to make decisions and choices and and personal discipline. And I, when I reflect over the last thirty years, I, I've there's been many times when I've had to really understand about decision making in order for God to use me. And I, 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 I actually I try and, and, and focus on three decisions and filter them through three decisions in my life. And the, the first one is um, that um, the decision to make the most of the moment. So um, instead of um, waiting around for the moment to change or, or to waste time by wishing the moment never happened. Um, I, I decide that actually the moment doesn't control me, but I can actually step in and make a decision to, to make the most of that moment, no matter how uncomfortable it, that moment might be. The, the, the second decision I, I carry around with me is the, the decision uh, to say no as well as say yes. And if I'm going to say yes to God, then I, I am going to have to learn to say no to people who are less important and everybody who's less important to God. And, and even though they may say, I'm really, really important, you need to say yes to me. When, when I put them next to God, they're not that important. And I, and I have to learn to say no. And um, so the... The third thing that I have to filter in my life with decision-making is the decision to say, I will decide I can start again. And that might be helpful for you this evening because no matter where you are, grace will find you. And you can, uh, you can uh, um, the enemy of your soul will never cut off what is destined to grow in your life so long as you make the decision to start again. And whether that's a, a sidestep or a step back and uh, to, to, to then move forward, you may have lost your joy this evening. And even when humiliation lands at your door, you can regain your dignity. There's nothing that you can't restore so long as, lo as long as you make the decision to say, I can start again. And I just want to say that before I say anything else, is that maybe this evening you've come this evening. Uh, um, so often we're waiting for God to, to do something in our life. Oh God, you know, if you're here this evening, just touch my life. And it's a wonderful prayer. But maybe God's waiting for you to make a decision. I just want to encourage you with that. Um, so I, I, I want to share with you, um, and it's such a privilege to, to, to talk with you this evening, 
that God doesn't have a problem in using you, but you do. And in fact, actually, when we get to the end of our life, we'll realize that actually God wanted to use us as a whole lot more. So um, the biggest obstacle to God moving through your life and using you is, is not the devil. We blame the devil. I mean, the devil loves it. He, get, he gets talked about far too much. Uh, but it is you. So I, I want to just use a couple of verses um, from Matthew chapter 28. And, um, and it is this, verse 16. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then if you know the, the context, you know that that's then Jesus telling them to go and the Great Commission. Let me say three things to you. You're not the most important person. So, what you're looking at is central to God using you and moving through you. Let me explain. This is the first time that Matthew, just, just go with me in your imagination, Matthew's writing this gospel, and it's, it's the first time, it, it's getting to the very end. It's the first time he's written the number 11. It's always 12. 12, 12 disciples, 12 disciples, 12 disciples. Now he has to write the word 11. Only people who have lost a loved one um, or have gone through a, a divorce and they have to write a Christmas card or a birthday card and they have to sign it by their name and not the name and their spouse, their partner. Understand what I'm talking about, really. But the Band of Brothers, it's 11. Can't even go out in twos by twos now. It's all messed up. Um, we know what it's like to lose people. You know what it is to lose a loved one. You know what it is when people walk away from you. I've, I've been a pastor many years and whenever people walked away from me, they used to say, don't take this personally, Paul. I'm not walking away from you. It's just, just your church. You know, there's just moments when you just ask the Lord, Lord, is it, please just give me 30 seconds, I can slap that person. <laughs> never allows it. Um, never allows it because of safeguarding. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you do with such disappointment? On top of that, you know, these 11, they weren't perfect. <laughs> I mean, 
What do you do when you've not been really faithful to God? Do you think he's going to use you? I mean, all of them have deserted Jesus in the story that you're going to read about in the next 10 days. And um, don't think that these 11, uh, you could invite them to, uh, you know, one of your Tuesday nights uh, at that moment in time to explain the whole doctrine of salvation because these 11 were as confused as, you know, they didn't know what was going on. So, how do, you, how do you get to that place where God is able to use you when there's that going on in your life? Well, here's a question. Have you got somewhere to go? And I don't mean physically. Though Jesus said to them, I want you to go to the place. You know where to go. But, but I'm not necessarily meaning a physical place. But I am asking you, do, do, are you able to reposition your mind, reposition your thinking? When, when that's going wrong, when it has got, are you able to begin to change your thought life? Because if not, all of that stuff that I've just described can make you feel like you're quite important. And it can become very self-deceptive because I just want to sit in a corner, rock myself and lick my wounds. And there are some people who are spending their whole of their life licking. Do you know, realize that, that God didn't save you for you to sit in a corner and lick your wounds and say, I'm hurt. Did, did you know I'm hurt? Now, I'm not minimizing your hurt because you may be hurt and it's terrible what's gone on. But you're not on planet Earth just to go through the motions for years and years and years and years of feeling hurt or feeling like you've let God down or feeling I'm just, I'm just a sinner. I can't believe what I've done. And you, and you ask somebody, when did this take place? Well, 15 years ago. What? So I've, I, I, do you have the ability to, to reposition your thinking away from defeat, away from disappointment. You see, what is Jesus doing? Why is he telling them to go up to a mountain? Is that just for like you, what you need? You need a little day trip? <laughs> Do you know that mountain? We love that mountain. You, no, not at all. You see, we know what's coming next. They don't. He's going to reappoint them. They don't know what's happening next. So, but he's, going to, he's getting them into a position where they can climb the mountain, look over Galilee, and what are they doing? They're remembering what they have done with Jesus for three years. Do you see that town, that village over there? Remember that? Remember that miracle? Do you remember that short-term trip we took? When, when Jesus gave us authority, we, we moved out. Do you remember that? There, Look at Galilee. There is so much more to do. And it is this moving, repositioning your thoughts away from you to a world that needs Jesus. See, because like I'm not 
really that important. Neither are you. But what I'm looking at is central to God moving in and through my life. And he's just getting you ready to go again. Secondly, um, <laughs> can I just tell you a story? Is that all right? So this is a quick one. Just came to my mind just then. Got a, got a church in, in, in Ripley, Derbyshire, lovely place. And during the pandemic, we appointed a, a pastor. Um, he's a real evangelist, real, real evangelist. He used to play for Nottingham Forest, Phil Starbuck. He played for Brian Clough. Some of you young people haven't got a clue what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> but like you, I read this in a history book because <laughs> I'm not that old. Um, anyway, so we appointed him. And um, in, in September um, 2020, and um, he announces to the church that at Christmas we're going to do all these evangelistic events. He gets really excited. And the, the church, there was 12 of them, that said, oh, we don't do, we don't do evangelism. He says, what do you mean? No, we don't like all that. We don't want anybody to come in. Um, I know. It's a funny story. It's sad, it's true. Anyway, he said, well, we're going to do it. And uh, so they all walked out. So he phones me, he said, I can't have an induction. I said, why can't you have it? Because we're not inducted him yet, because we were locked down and all that. I, 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 I can't have an induction. I said, why? because I've got no people. I, I said, well, you had 12. He, he says, yeah, they've all gone. I said, well, I've heard of pruning. But... <laughs> so, you know what he did? When they, they all walked out, what he, what he did, he, he set about making the, the building an absolute... Tra- just tra- you know, when, when you've got no people, work on the building. <laughs> so he transformed the building. He's a builder by trade, and uh, he's absolutely beautiful. And then, and then they went out on the streets, and they went to pray for people on the streets. Uh, and, and now, you know, where are we? April 2022. And they're all saved and baptised in water. There's not, every Sunday now there's 30 people. Why? Because they reposition themselves to say, you know what, if you don't want to go, it's fine, you can, you can clear off and do songs of praise around the corner. We'll, we're going to reposition ourselves and we're going to go again. And friends, I don't know what's ha- whatever's happened in your life, but you can, you can change your thinking and you can, and you can say, look, I'm going to go for a lost world. Uh, so the second thing I want to say is this um, uh, you, you don't know it all so knowing who's with you is central um, you see I, I'm really quite disappointed in this verse and if I was Matthew writing this gospel I would not have written this um, because in verse 17 it's all really great when they saw him they worshipped him Matthew just why do you put but some doubted don't you feel a little bit like oh, a bit of a party pooper putting that in um, I'd have just have left that out, even if it were true. Um, you see, well, who, who, who were they? They worshipped. Well, that's the 11. I don't know who some were. So 11 were worshipping, but who's these some doubted? What's going on on, on this mountain? I, I, I don't get it, but you see, um, 
What I know about me is that I've been in both camps, at, sometimes at the same time. I find myself worshipping at the same time, doubting, thinking, in fact, right now, I'm thinking, what on earth am I talking about? No. Um, <laughs> just help me out a little bit. Um, but I don't know about you, because, I mean, you do look a lot holier than me. I mean, I, I've, you know, I've met Judy earlier on, and if she's a standard of what's clearly, you know, I'm really out of my depth. But um, sometimes I find myself, you know, one moment I'm worshipping, and then the next moment I'm thinking, is there a God? I don't know. Uh, uh, See, see, the, the, this, this doubting is, it's actually, it, it means double stance. You know, it means about, you, you're shifting your positions. You know, yesterday you were great. I mean, you were like on fire for Jesus. Today, not so much. Tomorrow, yeah. And it's shifting. From a distance, they worshipped. And some shifted in their positions of worship and belief and uncertainty. Um, you see, we don't have it all sewn up and some of us, like me, we don't know it all and there are times when we're questioning. But uh, that's okay so long as we know who is with us because what was crucial to what Matthew said next was this. Then Jesus came to them. You see, his coming to them affected everything. His coming to them reorientated them on that on that mountain, Um, and he will begin to command them and give them purpose. Uh, That's what the presence of the Lord still does, Um, and we need more than worshiping from a distance. We. The presence of the Lord is crucial for your life. To have the assurance, the confidence that the presence of God is with you. I was talking to someone the other day. Let me try and couch this so that it's online and so you haven't got a clue what it might be about. Oh yeah. Part of this is a lie to cover up. Okay. I'm sure it's all right. This man was giving a presentation and I was sitting listening to the presentation. The pre- he was talking about all the things he'd done for God, done this, done that. I mean, like, I mean, it was amazing. Done so much stuff. Truly, what a gifted, anointed, able man. But he knew it. I mean, you know, the gift of humility had not landed. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> clearly, like, he was like superstar. I just had a thought, so I asked him. I said to him, can I just ask you, what, what's God saying to you right now? You know, in these days, what's God saying to you? Couldn't answer me. It was a, it's a question like, it just, I, don't, I don't know what you mean. Well, what's God saying? I don't know. So I, I had another thought. I thought I'd make it easy for him. I just said to him, what are you praying about right now? He couldn't answer uh, my point is this. You may be the most gifted, able, talented man, woman, like you're flying. But if you're not carrying the presence of the Lord in your life, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Tonight, you can have total confidence and assurance that Jesus is here with you. 
Uh, can I say one more thing? Yes. Um, <laughs> sorry, I do have a problem. I do talk to myself in the pulpit. And sometimes it comes out loud. Um, um, you don't have everything. You don't have everything. So following the one who has it is central to God moving through your life. Uh, we need to step into something bigger here. You, you can Google this, and it's an interesting story. Well, not now, um, later, don't be rude. Um, the Pallady brothers, the, just, just Google the Pallady, P-E-L-A-D-I brothers. The Pallady brothers, um, they knew that their mother had a little bit of money, that she came from a wealthy background, but they did not know how much money she did have, and they made some bad decisions in their life, and um, they lived in a, in a cave in Budapest, That's how, and they were like selling scrap metal to, to survive, and that's how they lived, these two brothers, Pallady brothers. Until 2009, they were tracked down by a charity worker who found them in this cave, and they told them that their mother had not only died, but had given, inher they'd inherited all her fortune and wealth. And actually, they were better off now by $6.6 .6 billion. They were living in a cave, and uh, they could have been living in a castle, and they had to make that shift. Um, verse 18, Jesus says, um, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. It's been given to me. I wonder how many are living in caves tonight instead of castles. And you struggle under the weight of sin instead of grace. And you're burdened by the unkindness of what people have said and the lies of what people have posted on social media instead of meditating on what God says about you. All authority. Who has it? You don't have it. I don't have it. So pleased that you and I don't have it. It's his. You and I would make a right mess of it, wouldn't we? Matthew records how Jesus gave them authority on their short-term mission trip, but he has it all. So, the more that we are following Jesus, what we are doing is that we are following all authority. Uh, it's, it's a thousand years before this, the prophet Daniel is having this amazing vision and he's saying about Jesus, though he hasn't really understood, that he was given authority and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. We need to come out of our caves and move into castles and we need to walk in bigger shoes and realise that we don't know it all but we are following one who does know it all and he has it all. And 
because of that, I know that God, as long as I'm following him, he's going to move in and through my life. Uh, but it's the moment when I think I have it, when I think it's mine, is the moment I become an obstacle to God working through my life. I'm following him. He has it. And he works and moves through me. And the bigger that we realize, the more that we realize the greatness of God and the authority of God, the better it is for us. And if, if, if you're just wondering now about how big God might be, somebody told me a story today and I, when I went home, I just had a quick look at the story. 1995, there's a guy called Bob Williams. He's the director of the uh, space, uh, the Hubble Space. He's an ast uh, astronomer, uh, 1995. And um, um, because he was a, you know, the, the director in charge of um, uh, the, the Hubble, he was allowed 10% of the Hubble's time. That, that amounted to 100 hours. So he could spend 100 hours on this Hubble, pointing this um, telescope up at the sky. And um, uh, his colleagues were wondering what he was going to do with it. Where would, where would he point it to discover more things? And uh, he pointed it at nothing. Well, it was just nothing. Uh, you could not see it. They looked at it. Well, that's a waste of time. But he, he pointed at this nothingness. Just, it was just black. And... It was, um, a th it, it was the size of a thirtieth of the sun to the, to the naked eye. And for a hundred hours, he, he, he just kept it there. And then they played it all back. And all the objects came coming in to the telescope. And they discovered not just that he'd spotted some stars and some planets, but he discovered galaxies, not just one or two or three, but discovered 3,000 galaxies. I don't know how big your God is, but he's bigger than what you can imagine. And he has all authority. And he can use you. And he can move through your life. And he can make your life very, very significant in the years that you live on this life because he can use you to, to see other people come to know him. And the biggest obstacle is always you and me. We get in the way and we need to reposition our thoughts and think about others. We come with all of our uncertainties and our, in our troubling minds and, and uh, we just need to allow the presence of the Lord to soak our lives and say, hey Paul, I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm right here in this room, here in Life Central this evening, here in the homes of people watching this tonight. And we need to say, you know what, I don't, I don't know it all. I don't have it all, but he does. And I'm following Jesus who has all authority. He is so, so big. Here I am. I'm available. 
will you use me? Thanks, Dan. It's going to come forward. And I pray, Holy Spirit, here in this room and in the homes of people, whoever's watching, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to do only what only what you can do and take these words of mine and make them your words and drop them into the heart and the minds of your people, the people gathering. And Lord, for those who say this evening, I want God to use my life. Well, will you do that? And will you restart even now? Help them make that decision. There's so many people in the room this evening, but just you want to respond to the Lord just where you are if you want to say tonight in my moment whatever's taking place in my life whatever stage of life you're at young old you may have gone through stuff you may be starting out but you want to say, God, will you use me? Then why don't you stand to your feet where you are? Just stand right now. Jesus will see you. Jesus will see you. And as you stand, why don't you just lift your hands to the one who was placed on a cross and stretched out his hands to a world Why don't you position yourself? I had thought about calling people forward, but honestly, seriously, there's so many people standing. We'd have been here till morning. And we had the prayer team ready to pray for you. But can we just wait a moment? Is that okay? Before I just hand back because I just believe that you right now are repositioning uh, making yourself available and I believe that the presence of the Lord is falling on you Will you commit to make a decision to go from this place to share the love of God and tell people be gracious to people kind to people say God use me There's a whole army here of soldiers of Jesus. Can you imagine what God 
could do. So fill our lives, Lord. Come, Jesus. We're on this mountain. Come, because some of us are uncertain. We worship you. But Lord, there's so much stuff that's happened in our lives. There's, there's, we're a storybook of highs and lows, Lord. Come, Jesus, we need you. The presence of the Lord in this repositioning is so crucial to us. We need to know that you are here amongst us and in my life and walking with me and in my family and in my pursuits and what I'm doing. God, please, we love you and we welcome you. Spirit of God, fill my life with you so that you are my attention, that you are my focus. So Lord, when I get to the end of the day and I'm putting my head on the pillow, Lord, I'm thinking about Jesus. And when I'm waking in the morning, Lord, I'm thinking about you, Lord. Lord, will you occupy my thoughts so much more? Lord, will you come in to every decision and every choice I make in my life? Lord, I refilter so that all that I do is through you. Lord, I don't have anything, but you have it all. I follow Jesus who has everything, all authority over every power, over every name. There is no one higher than you. Lord, there are some things I'm facing. There's some things ahead. These people, Lord, they're facing this, facing sicknesses. They're facing problems in their family, their workplaces. There's things ahead of them. But God, you outstrip every problem in this place. There is no description. There is no declaration. There is no prognosis. There is no thing that's been laid upon anyone in this place that's higher than you. Because God, you are above every imagination you are above, you are high, all in all, you are beyond, above, supreme, and you own it all. And we follow you, Jesus. We follow you, Jesus. There's no mountain higher than you. There's no obstacle. Only me that will get in the way. So I surrender. And I submit me. I give you me. In the mighty name of Jesus.